Down at 3rd and King in San Francisco, I'm Schmitty and this is Talking Schmidt. Today on the show, JT Alts, baby. JT grew up in Poway, skating Weber Park, filming with Jim Capel and Shakus. He eventually turned pro for real skateboards and currently works in Tijuana, manufacturing skateboards. Great catching up with JT. Hadn't talked to him in a minute, and I even got to hear a new story about Dandra Hobel. Somehow he, there was a wedding going on, and there was like a ballroom area, and he just cruised on in and grabbed a drink. And at some point, we walked downstairs after like going checking in and stuff, and Dan was taking photos with the wedding party, you know, with the bride and groom. I was like, this is insane that you pulled that off. You guys, I want to start my own whack pack. He, she, they, I don't care. Let's get some regulars that call up on the show, much like Howard Stern. I want my own Marianne from Brooklyn. Could be Cindy from Daily City, uh, Eric the Midget, Hank the Drunken Dwarf, whoever. Hit me up if you think you got the energy and time to contribute on this. Could be really fun and a new vine on this ever-growing tree. I want to thank the shops and people that prepaid for our new Chris Dune Pastra shirts. You all should have them by now. And a special welcome to Slappy's Garage in San Diego and Classic Skate Shop in Nevada for making their first orders with us. I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you. We have about 30 left out of the 100 we made, and once they're gone, we won't make more. Also, as I stated, all proceeds go to the NAACP for this particular shirt. So if you want to support the podcast in a worthy cause, buying this shirt is a great option. Hurry up, though, because as I said, it's only while supplies last. We only have a couple left of each size and color, so... Uh, this is episode 86, and here he is. Hey, this is JT Alton. You're listening to Talking Schmidt. It's cool, like tonight is the night. Here we go again. Just give it the old cause turn, isn't it? All big dogs in. Schmitty. 96 times, Schmitty. Thanks, Schmitty. We on? Schmitty. Talking Schmidt. That's probably going to the hospital, bitch. I can <laughs> shit my pants. Your Rolodex is fucking deep. It's about the one, the one, the one. Who is this guy? Who's he's tough shit. What's up? We're tastemakers. Come on, Smitty, what the fuck? Let's hear it for Greg Smith. Yeah! Hello, everybody. Are you hyped? How far down the rabbit hole of depression have you fallen? Well, today we're going to lift you up and into some good vibes because on the show, I got my old friend, JT, the bigger figure, Alts. <laughs> How you doing, dude? Good, good. How are you? Good to see you. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, what is a BBS MFG? Oh, that's a uh, BBS Manufacturing. That's where I work. That's my. That's why I gave you that email. That's, oh, okay. So, uh, what yeah. what is that? Uh, it's skateboard manufacturing. Like uh, w- uh, boards and shit. Boards, yeah. No way. What are you doing there? I do development, so um, CNC programming a lot is most of my job and. Anything development for skateboard stuff. Oh, sick. I didn't really know that, I guess. All right, I'm going to take a stab. You were born in El Cajon. No, I was born in uh, Poway, so it's kind of close. And and you were raised, where where did you grow up? Um, back and forth from San Diego to Los Angeles. Mostly Los Angeles when I was younger in Burbank. And then my my dad always lived in San Diego, so I would just sp- spend time back and forth, basically. 
Oh, your parents were separated? Yeah. Okay. Where did you lived in Burbank? I lived in Burbank for a while. And then I moved from Burbank to a place called Agora Hills, which is basically like, yeah, I know. That's Lake area. Uh huh. Little like North LA, basically. And then in high school, first year, I moved out, back down to San Diego with my dad. So you did high school in SD? Yeah. Was that what part? Was it SD proper or like? Well, no, it was Rancho Bernardo, which is like Poway. It's 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 in between North County and South County, so kind of like in the middle and a little east. Okay. Sick. How did uh, when did you get into skateboarding? Um, maybe when I was like ten years old. Maybe I kind of feel like I always had a like had a skateboard, but when I was maybe ten or eleven, there was a place called called Web Park. That was a pretty famous spot back in like the nineties, you know, like a lot of the questionable videos and went over right. with Chris Markovich skated a bunch. Willie Santos pretty much owned it. That's but, in uh, Poway. That's in Ranch Bernardo. My dad lived like like less than a mile away from it. So uh, I drove by one day and saw someone try to do something and I was like, I need to get a skateboard, I gotta go there. Oh sick. Yeah. Like you were drawn to it from a drive by. Yeah, well, I, you know, I grew up, grew, yeah, from the drive-by, but I always thought skateboarding was cool when I was younger, you know, I grew up in the 80s in San Diego and had, a, had like, a Nash board or old school, board, you know, whatever board my parents would get me for Christmas, but that was the first time I thought, like, oh, man, I got to learn how to do a trick, because I think the guy was trying a trick, like kickflips or something, and I, that was the time I'm like, I need to do that. Right. What was the process? Did you have your dad take you to an actual skate shop or did you go to like a sporting goods or what, where'd you get your first board? There was a bike shop that sold skateboards. We didn't have a skate shop. It was kind of a double at that time, uh-huh. at least in Ranch Bernardo area. There's still no shop there now, I don't think, but, but uh, in the surrounding areas too, back then, this was like 90, probably 92 or something. So yeah, it was a half bike shop, half what was a bike shop with like one wall of a couple of skateboards basically. What was the board? Do you remember? Yeah, I went in and all I knew, I remember thinking like, oh, I need to get small wheels because small wheel, like that's all I re- remember seeing. Like that's what you need. Yeah. Small wheel. I don't know why, you know, I don't know double flips and all that, but, <laughs> but, but I got sold on it. It was, I think it was, it was a Zorlak board and I don't know whose board it was, but it was, it was a, you know, an 80 style board and the dude switched the bigger wheels out for me because I asked for that. And I got to the skate spot, which was right across the street and realized everyone was riding like teeny boards, you know, uh, and, but you know, I, I was stuck with that thing for a year. So I was kind of bummed out because <laughs> I, I was like, I got the wrong kind. Like I got a Craig Johnson. What do I do with this thing? <laughs> yeah. But it was probably better when you're little to have a bigger board. looking back. Right. Huh. So would you go to that uh, Weber Park, like right out of the gates? That's kind of where you learned how to skate? Yeah, my dad just basically dropped me off because it was I could walk to my house from there. He, he well, he like, he came with me. There was, it was for, for the 90s. It was, there was a lot of people there. There was, you know, there'd be 30 dudes skating there. And I was kind of intimidated, but, you know, it was just a park. So I just started skating and was there vibes like Embarcadero would kind of vibe like the locals had their own vibe? Like, would did they? Was it friendly or was it kind of sketchy? I think it was kind of vibey, but I was really little, so I, I kind yeah, of avoided no. it. You know what I mean? Because when you're ten or eleven, no one's gonna. Yeah. At least they didn't find me out, or or I wasn't aware of it. I was just dumb and whatever, you know. 
Who were some of the early guys that like you saw in person that got you like, holy shit, Willie Santos or whoever it was that you're like, God damn. Willie was definitely the first one that I was like, like another level, like this guy's no joke. There was, there was a bunch of other guys that weren't pro or anything that were, I, I mean, I thought they were on another level. They were, they were crazy. It's just the locals at that park. But, but Willie was, Willie was the first one where it was like, holy crap. Like, right. You know, he was better than everybody at, at that time. So at a young age, are you seeing people that are in the mag and in videos at this park? Like y- y- you already have a connection with like, oh my God, that that guy's the dude in the mag or was that later? No, that was later. I didn't know where to even get a magazine or, uh-huh. you know, until, until later on. I, yeah, I didn't even know there was pros or anything like that. You know, I didn't know it was a thing like that. Oh. And I ended up getting the, ended up getting the hookups video around the same time, the questionable too. So a friend gave me questionable. I got the hookups video, which both were you know, obviously great videos. Mm-hmm. And they both had web park in there. And I was like, Oh, this is like in the videos, this is where I'm skating. And, and that, that's when I connected it. Well, I didn't, and even then I was like, Oh, maybe they're local. But I didn't think it was, you know, you know, now I look back and like, there's footage of all sorts of dudes that were like, you know, legendary that came there obviously for a reason. Cause it was a good spot to skate, but yeah. yeah Realized until later. Huh? Um, so who were some of the other early guys? Like when you did get a magazine and you started watching videos, like who, what photos would be on your wall or like dudes that you would be like, watch their video part extra times and that kind of stuff. Willie for, for sure. But then Pat Duffy was the first person where I was like, holy crap. Like to me, that was cause I had questionable. That was yeah. one of the first videos I had. And that was, it was Hensley part goes right into the question or to, to um, Duffy's part and the handrails yeah, that got me like, this is insane. And so Pat Duffy was the first person I was shocked. Like, you know, this is, I've never seen anything like this. Had you skated a handrail at all before you saw Duffy's part? No, no. Huh. That was like you know that was a I would, I remember me and my friends were like we got we got to find a handrail and skate a handrail. That was a thing. That was like a mission. Do you remember that first time that you actually skated a handrail? Yeah, yeah. It was a three stair rail. I, I uh, right across the street. It was really tall and short. And I, I remember I bored some no. So I was like. I was young and I, I remember my, my dad, like, I'm like, you gotta watch this. He parked the car. And then I went back recently, you know, not recently, probably like when I was in my twenties. And uh-huh. I, I don't think I can no slide it now. It's so <laughs> tall. It was the worst handrail. To, but you know, when you're little, you don't want to sack it and all that. So yeah, the safest in your head, the safest rail, but, but yeah. Yeah. I remember when we were trying it in the early days, we would basically ollie out so you're just ollieing like a normal ollie and hopefully hitting the end on the way down and just falling yeah. into the ground. Yeah, yeah. The, that the, was the, like the board slide. We did a board slide. No, not really. When you started getting better, what was your first sponsor? Um, I got sponsored by a skate shop called Ig up in up in uh, Agora Hills. And oh. it was my first sponsor, I guess. It was a skate shop. There was a guy named Bert that ran the shop and he ripped too. And he, he hooked me up. 
What did he do? Yeah. Give you free grip tape or like what, discount on wheels or what was no, it? I, I don't know. Just stickers, I guess. But, <laughs> but then they ended up getting me like, you know, um, they got me flow boards through, through evil skateboards at some point. I got like a box or something from them and then Planet Earth after that somehow. Oh, so Now the reps, I think, were hooking it up, you know? And then Billabong, at some point, I got, I started getting stuff from them. And they actually like, brought me down you know gave me a bunch of stuff and who was was it reese forbes who was doing no this is like this was earlier huh yeah this was earlier but um the guy that was the team manager ended up giving my tape my sponsor tape to bob bernquist and at the time he was on anti-hero uh-huh. so he gave my tape to mickey and mickey ended up calling me and that's like the that's rest how, is history yeah, i got i, I mean, Gotta thank Bob for talking to me. I never actually, I don't even know Bob, but I'm always grateful that he passed on my tape, you know. Sick. Did you get a box from Planet Earth? I did, yeah. Yeah, a couple times. And was was that your first box or no? Though it was Evil was the first time I got a box and and then after that it was Planet Earth. Do you remember like your feelings, like getting the box in the mail and just being like, holy fuck? Yeah, it was, in, yeah, it was insane. I mean, to get anything free, you're obviously stoked, you know? But I, yeah, I was, it was like Christmas, but, yeah. but, but better. And then, so then you got on real basically because Mickey passed it to Jim and they, what'd they do? Like invite you up or meet you at Tampa Am or what happened? I got a call from Mickey and he was like, Bob gave me your tape and he wants to, to possibly get you on Antihero, but I'm thinking maybe stereo or real. And he, he kind of gave me a, the choice. And I was like, well, I, I always liked real and Drake Jones, all that. So I was like, I'm down for whatever. I'm, I'm grateful, but obviously, but if, if you're asking me, I, I'd be pretty hyped to get on real. And then, then he asked like, what kind of trucks you're riding? I remember at the time I had two different trucks. I had like a, <laughs> like a thunder and an indie for some reason. Cause I broke a king plan or something. I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, he's like, I'll just send you thunders and I'm going to send you spitfires too. I'm like, hell yeah. That was pretty awesome. Sick. And then what was like the first time you kind of met those dudes and did you like go on a trip or like, did you come up for a meeting or like how, how did it start out? I went on a trip to San Francisco with Damian Bravo. Mm-hmm. He was living in, and he was on. He just got on the team too, so he was living in San Mar or Santa Barbara, and I was pretty close. So he he come kind of came and picked me up, which is now looking back, he went forty five minutes out of the way or an hour. So, and then we drove all the way to San Francisco, and it went on a trip with Antihero. Mostly, it was a a trip to remember that Visalia. I think it's still there, Visalia Skate Camp. Yep. We went. Well, we started in the city, and then we went there, and it was like. Tony Trujillo, Julian, I think Tim Upson, and Jason Ferris. But Jason Ferris wasn't the team manager at the time. He he might have even been on the team. Oh, uh, just uh huh. You know, or getting I don't know. But um, yeah, that was pretty much the crew. And well, Cardiel was there too. And it's how, are you intimidated? How like how do you feel being with all like those dudes are pretty legendary already at that time, right? Totally and. I, I grew up skating, you know, I grew up skating street and there wasn't skate parks like there is now. So I had like zero transition skills at all. Like I couldn't skate anything but a four foot mini ramp that 
you know? So, and Damien had the same, I remember at some point, cause we were going to pools. I've never been in a pool. So I immediately tried to do a backside flip on the, in the, in the pool, like on the, and I got worked and everyone's laughing and, it, <laughs> and, and then, yeah, at some point Damien's like, dude, I, I don't know, man, I don't think we're getting on. And I remember <laughs> coming back from the trip, my friends here were like in San Diego, were like, how'd it go? And I was like, not good, man. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think it worked out. And somehow Mickey still hooked us up. So, Was there uh, any, I don't even know if it was around yet, but like, I know you're f- pretty good friends with the Hemis. Like, was there ever like skate mafia ideas of you writing for them? No, no, I was on real already at, at that time. You know, they were like a small clothing brand at first. So I, I was like, technically they're like, you're on the team. All the, everyone's on the team. And I, you know, I, I had a part in the first video and all that. And it was supposed to be, you know, or was at the time, just, just, uh, just, I think t-shirts and stuff. So that time kind of what I was, but, but, um, when they became a board brand, I was already with, you know, you were, that, yeah. so, but, you know, right. Got to talk about, uh, old Shockus. He was instrumental in, in filming. Him and Jimmy probably filmed most a lot of your early stuff, right? Yeah, 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 a lot. Most of it. Most of my stuff was through Jimmy and then Chakas. Did like, you meet them at Weber or how did you meet up with them? I met Jim at Webb because he lived in the area. And then later on, he got a job working for Osiris. And Chakas had been, it was a, filming for Osiris and that's when we I, you know I would naturally just go skate with Jim and Shakas would be there and then we'd be you know we'd go out all the time and then later on with Fox and all that stuff and right just yeah I would just naturally just go start the days off at Shakas's house and whoever is down to skate that day we all go out mm-hmm. do you got like some I mean, I'm sure people ask me about P-Stone. I feel like Shockus is kind of your guys' P-Stone, like uh, just a good times dude and fucking just rad, like wanting to do shit is like such a positive vibe and stuff. I got to know him, uh, you know, later. Pretty mm-hmm. much Vox era. I think I met you guys around the same time, him and yeah, you. I feel like we were on trips. It was all connected to Vox, basically. Yeah. I think, um yeah, yeah, no, Shaka's was the best. It was definitely, I mean, it's still hard, you know. Just, totally. Yeah. Do you do you have one, like, rad thing that you, like, some story or something that, like, makes you laugh or smile thinking back? Um, I got a lot of funny, yeah, I got a lot. But, uh, yeah, Shaka's was funny. He was fun to, the first thing that comes to mind is an Australia trip we went on. And we all were camping. And he brought so much stuff. He brought this whole, like, air air bed that was like he blew up and like he had like every episode of lost on his ipod and we're like he's basically like didn't want to camp really but he had to so he but he like had it all perfect and at some point the the mattress popped and was losing air so every night we would hear like four times a night we'd hear like like him blowing his mattress back back up but but no there was yeah he he was great there's all sorts of funny moments like that you guys were into Lost, right? Yeah, Jerobo got us into Lost. That's um, what I um, thought. I was asking Jerobo. Like, I was like, "Isn't JT the guy you used to bond with Lost?" And he's like, "Dude, that could be anybody." Yeah, <laughs> no, like, he used to talk about. Well, he like he, theories on what was going to happen, and he told me he watched 
two seasons in a day and a half. Like the math was insane. Like he stayed up basically for two days straight to watch to catch up on it. And then I watched a couple episodes. I was like, oh my god, he's right. This this show rules. And then I think that's when I met you guys because I was into Lost too, and like yeah. we were all talking, like, dude, what the fuck? And Dan had all like this is like he had all the insight i mean i know the internet was out but he was like finding out all the theories <laughs> online and stuff yeah he had like the cheats yeah yeah for sure you guys live by each other right you're in san marcos yeah and he's like he's escondido like next yeah, town over only a couple exits away when shock is passed did that how was that on you for your skating? Like he was kind of your go-to filmer or Jimmy, like mm -hmm. did that change things for you skateboard wise? Like di did you find a new, or was it more just like random dudes, whoever now, or like, how'd it go? Um, no, it was hard. I mean, for sure. Hard for mental, just on so many levels. Right. And at the time I was filming with Jimmy a lot and we kind of connected through shock, you know, not like, you know, that was, you know, we, he was both our best friends and stuff. And he was, I had gotten on Osiris and he started working back for Osiris again, like a little bit after that, you know? Um, so that was, that was cool to have, you know, a relationship with Jim and obviously be able to skate like that. But it was, it's hard when you, you get used to, you know, when you're talking about oh filming with random people and stuff like that, it, it doesn't work that easy. It, totally. I, it, yeah. Know, you know, especially the older you get, you, you get in your comfort zones and you, you know, people know, I don't know. You just, you well, work. I think when you have, I mean, in my experience, it seems like I know my guys and I know how to hype them up and how not to bum them out. Like those are important things going to the session where you're like, don't mention this or the session's over. Like mm -hmm. I already know that. And you can rises spirits this way but not this way like you know guys that way and you have this comfort level and like as the skater you look over and you're like i'm not wasting this guy's time he, mm -hmm. he's got you know like we've done this a bunch so you have that that ability to be like i'm gonna make this even if it takes all day or like whatever or yeah. I might not make it and I didn't ruin this guy's time or whatever. Yeah. Cause that's, you know, weighing heavy on your mind, you know, you're like, am I uh, wasting time? Who is he bummed that I'm right. No CD ticks right now. Is he bummed on the, you know, the routines and, or, or just the fact that I'm not making the trick and Shakas was, Shakas was really good at that. And like to the point where he would, like, he would say, I'd be like, I'm ready to film a trick. And he'd be like, I haven't seen you get close enough yet. And it would, I'd be like, fuck you, man. And you're like, I just want to see, I'm like, I'm going to make it right now without the camera, just out of spite. And I'd get closer and then he'd get the camera out and we'd get the trick. So it was almost like he won. You know what I mean? Like he forced me to skip a bunch of stages just because he knew that out of spite, I was going to do everything in my power to prove him wrong. But I, you know, I wasn't capable to prove him wrong, but enough to get the clip in a timely fashion right uh, yeah that can um backfire sometimes i've used that to and it works sometimes and then some people are like no that's not the way to fucking stoke me on i'm over it yeah you know? that's, that's it depends on the person but yeah you know, totally and that's part of like having the relationship with the guy like okay i know what's gonna work and what's not gonna work yes yeah, so a lot of people might just be like over the whole trick and not even yeah. but 
but we, you know, we were pretty close. He knew that he knew how my brain was working and that, and he knew, knew that I wasn't going to. Yeah. Fucking. I got a couple questions from the Duff man. Oh, from Corey? Yeah. You ready? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He said, ask him if he ever ran into Blink-182 at a burrito shop. At a burrito shop? No. I, I ran into him at that place, Web Park, and Skate Spots when I was younger. Oh, they, really? The guy skated. Uh, Is he no. from your area? They're from Poway, yeah. So, so uh, why, I think that's why he's asking the question. But What is it, Travis Barker? No, no, the other two guys. Uh, I, Corey, we ran into him together. I, <laughs> Later on in life, we went. Corey to, asked them for their autograph. Is what I heard. <laughs> Corey was homies with him. Corey we, had a fan out. <laughs> Corey was. We we were on a trip in a in Austin, and they were playing. It was it wasn't Blink, but it was one of the guys, and he had a different band. And Corey was like, "Oh, they're playing down the street, walkable distance from the hotel." Uh-huh. And we went with I think it was Nuge and and Slash uh, Brian Hansen and, and uh, Brian Young. We were on like a. And our split trip or something mm. and Corey's like come on let's go and we went and it was cool they, they let us in like backstage and was shooting the shit about skateboarding and I remember Don and 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 Ryan were like kind of just too cool like whatever like taking the beer and like at the very least this dude's like giving us free beer and pizza and shit like don't, don't do that way <laughs> but it was it was funny it was, nice how did you and Corey become friends from being on the same team <clears throat> yeah, yeah, he was on Billabong at the same time, like when I got on Real through Bob Bernquist. Mm. So I met him kind of through there, not really. Like I just kind of knew who he was. And then on that Visalia trip with Mickey and and Julian and all those guys, he was there at skate camp. So that was the first time I met him. He was oh, leaving okay. today, and like we we that's the first time I met him. And then, yeah, you guys have a pretty close connection. Like, do, do you guys? you feel like you skate the same stuff or you just have like personal things that you bond on? Like, yeah, both, you know, we, we skate the same stuff. We, I don't know. Same music maybe. Yeah. yeah similar music. And when we, when he got on 88, when I was on 88 at the time, we started skating more together and I would always go to San Francisco as well. And he would kind of come down here cause he wrote for Tommy Edo companies and I wrote for Deluxe. Oh, right. you know, it was like, we were on different paths, but we'd link up at the same time. So we're like, well, you could stay at my house and I'll, you know, we'll, we'll skate. And yeah, and we just, it would, we skated the same stuff too. You know, that was. All right. We both want to know the uh, answer to this one. True or false? You took a shit in the shower. Ah, oh, Corey told me that. <laughs> no, that's false. But I told him that to mess with him. And he told his mom, I, I told him as a joke that I was, it was too cold to get out of the shower and I just stomped it down the drain. And I thought it was funny. And he's like, what? And it was, you know, I was staying at his mom's house. You know? <laughs> so I got out and or one of the days later, his mom was like, don't go to the bathroom. I should I call me out on it. I was like, what the fuck, man? Because <laughs> it wasn't real. I didn't really do that. But he told his mom that I was shitting in the shower. That, was, that sucked. But that's... It was like a joke gone wrong. Kind of. Oh, my God. <laughs> Did she, does she still believe you did to this day or? I don't know if she just messes with me. I don't think she really thinks I did, but I think she just yeah. like, likes to mess with me. His parents are great. I've known, I was yeah. there when Corey did, got his first photo ever. 
So I've known him since like he was the bleach blonde little kid on Think, like was whatever. It his on Outrail? Is that what his first photo was? No, no it was dropping off a roof. That's why we <laughs> always called him like the roof gap kid or something. I forget, oh, yeah. but like he was just riding off a big drop, and yeah. uh, the guy shot the photo like from below. I think it was maybe I think I have to ask him, but I'm pretty sure that was the first thing I filmed it too. So like. I'll That's dig out the footage. And, yeah, yeah. It was sick, though. He was like, it, there was this indoor skate park, Antioch, and we used to go there all the time. He was probably like 12. I don't know. He was really young. And he was just ripping, like, big ollies, back lip, like, things that, like, were standing out. And, uh, you know, Greg and them put him on Think, and then he started traveling with the guys and kind of got groomed by, like, Drahobel and Phil and some Thanks. of the, like, you know, Jesse Paez, those dudes. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the rest, as they say, is history. Got fucking out of there. Well, foundation. Now I don't know if, if he's getting boards or from somebody or. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't know. But what's the deal with Kieran Knightley? Is is there some possible date situation? Oh, uh, that was a joke too. He's messing <laughs> with you. Ah, I was like, how the hell is that one from England? <laughs> And then the last one, he's talking about throwing a plate of pasta in Svitak's face. Oh, man. Yeah, I feel really bad about that, actually. Well, I didn't throw it in his face. I just, um, I was, on, yeah, we were on a trip. I think we were in Australia. And Svitak was kind of, I don't know, I guess he was getting on my nerves because, you know, he would, I would ask him for like, oh, could I get a, a little piece of like, can't, like whatever he had, like, you know, we share stuff and he would like, be like, no. And then at some point in the trip, he was like grabbing stuff, like food off my plate. And I was like, you know what? Just take the whole plate, whatever. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. I feel bad. Cause I really like Christian and we had good times on those trips. So yeah, it was like, that was 88. I didn't, I didn't, yeah, it was 88. I didn't throw it in his face. I just, yeah, I kind of snapped a little bit. <laughs> Did you ever travel with pig pen? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Who else was was Hewitt on there? And Blender? Blender was, Hewitt was. Cranny? Yeah, yeah, we did some trips with, with Cranston and uh, Blender. Dude, that was such a sick team. That was it was a fun I don't know, dude, was Drahobel on maybe not until Vox. Yeah, Drahobel got on Vox. I think he went from the teamless kind of, so I mixed up the teams. And they were kind of the same. Right. Um, Never it wasn't on until after two. After oh yeah. Yeah, Vox was epic. That's where like Strubing, E Man, I think Duffy was even on towards the end or something. But uh we'd go to I went on a couple of trips with Vox. It was always the best. Like we went up north, we went to Arizona. Mm-hmm. Pretty much uh the same crew always. It was Shockus and Ed and then like Pete and Darren, Dan. I think yeah. you were on yeah, I was the on trips I went. Sure. Yeah, um, it was super fun. Yeah, that, that dynamic with Darren and Pete and then Dan just muttering something because <laughs> Darren won't stop talking and then Pete getting mad at Darren. That, that was a great. Yeah, those was, were like heavy alcohol days too. Yeah, yeah. Like there was a lot of like next day not skating because you were too hungover or, or just felt like shit from drinking so much the night before. For sure, yeah, it was uh, – <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I remember we went to that spot where Joel had the cover in Arizona. The uh, it's like, yeah, 
And he was like throwing up on the way there. Like I think he even oops poops or something. It was like <laughs> fucking fucked up. He was the funniest. He, uh, I got a lot of stories about. Yeah, he. he yeah. I mean, I know you do too, but yeah, man's yeah. insane. I love it. Yeah, I was talking to him like about within the last year. I was talking to him. I was re- like, "Remember Arizona, blah blah blah," and he's like, "I never went to Arizona with you." And I was like, "Dude, we what the fuck?" Yeah, did you were you on the trip where you crashed the crashed the wedding? I don't think so. You were crashed- staying in the hotel, and he got somehow he there was a wedding going on, and there was like a ballroom area, and he just cruised on in and grabbed a drink and then sat down and he's like, come on. You know, I was too, I'm like, I'm not going to, I feel weird, man. So, but at some point we walked downstairs after like going, checking in and stuff. And Dan was taking photos with the wedding party. Like, <laughs> I think the movie wedding crashers came out and they were all still like, Oh, we found a real life wedding crasher. Come on. We got to get the wedding crasher in the, in the photo. And he's like, you know, with the bride and groom, I was like, this is insane that you pulled that off. <laughs> I I don't know about that one. That's good though. Damn. Um, the other thing too is speaking of duffel, there was a sodi party and uh I got fucking sucker punched and Duffel that- might have got a knife pulled on him and I think you were right there. Yeah, we had to bail real quick. That was that yeah, I didn't know you were in the heat of that in the, in the thick of dude that. what happened was i was be i think it was in front of Corey maybe and i i was behind this guy and i put my hands up in the air to take a photo i think rancid was playing and it, i took a photo of the band and while my hands up like that holding my camera with both hands dude turns around and just punches me in the face and i was like whoa those yeah. days they had an open bar for the first hour so like I'm sure I was hammered, but I clearly remember this. And I was like, what the fuck? And then me and that dude ended up kind of, you know, whatever, probably Mm -hmm. drunk and sloppy, nothing. But I got pulled out and got kicked out of my, and I was like, this is my party. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then like a couple of, I don't know. Next time I talked to Corey, he's like, dude, after that, that dude pulled a knife on me and like i guess that dude and Corey had beef like he knew that dude yeah. that dude that dude's dead now oh crazy I didn't yeah know. but the crazier part for me was so i had the blog that i used to put photos of our drunken nights on with captions and i put a piece together of that night and and i had a photo of that guy somehow and i put for the caption rancid goon right uh-huh. Like R- Rancid Goon ends my night or something like that. So like a week or two after that, I went to see Morrissey and I just went with like Sally and a bunch of girls and I was the only guy mm-hmm. and I, I run into that dude and he <laughs> walks up to me, he totally knows me and he's like Rancid Goon, huh? Oh crap. And I'm like, I'm dead. I'm going <laughs> to die right now. And then yeah. like Jason Adams was there with like some people and somehow, like, I was like, dude, we're at Morrissey. Really? You're going to fucking kick my ass at Morrissey? Seriously? Like, that's yeah. what's going to happen right now? Like, you already there. sucker punched me, dude. Like, what? Like, I don't even know you. Like, whatever. Somehow I fucking talked my way out of it and I got, you know. And then yeah. that dude ended up on the stage and did, like, a stage dive and got kicked out. There. Like, he was, like, notorious for, for being a fuck up. But, uh, 
Yeah, that was fucked up. I remember just being so... That was one of the worst Sodi parties for me because I was outside just pissed. Like, dude, I got kicked yeah, out of here for getting sucker punched. I remember punch. that pretty clear, too. I was I was watching Rancid. I was, I'm a huge Rancid fan since I was a little kid, so I was really stoked just watching the show. And I didn't see all that go down, but Jim Thibault pulled me aside and was like, you got to get Corey out of here. And I was like, like yeah, yeah, <laughs> after the show. <laughs> and then he's like, no, you got to go now. And I walked out and Corey had already ran down the street because I guess this dude was looking to like to try to kill him basically. And we got, we, we made it to Bart and got over to the East Bay pretty quick. But mm. uh, yeah, I later on, Corey basically said that that dude was like looking for him at, at shows because he knew Corey went to shows. And then yeah. he, Corey reached out to him on Facebook or something was like, Hey dude, I don't want any problems. And yeah. Cause he was like, he was notorious for, like just beating shit, beating people up at shows. And I don't know, he had a really great dude. He worked at Amoeba records. So one time I walked in and I didn't know he worked there. And I, I was like, oh, how the fuck is this guy everywhere right now? Fuck. That's like Corey couldn't go. Yeah. That's like a, you got to avoid too many places at that point. Yeah. It's, it was insane. I forget his name. It was like Mick or something. It was like East Bay Mick. And I think he was Rancid's uh, roadie. I bet Jim, Jim knows him for sure. I bet. Yeah. Cause he's like an East Bay dude that had a reputation. Get him out of here yeah. Like this guy will fuck him up, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. did you, have you ever slept in the uh, racing car bed at Corey's house? No, no. I think he, no. I thought he had like a, uh, like a pirate bed or something. Or that's what it is. A pirate ship. <laughs> that's when you know you've made it. When you're sleeping at Corey's and you get the pirate ship. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, does JT stand for Jim Thebo? <laughs> uh, Justin Travis. Justin Travis. Yeah. How much money have you lost betting on uh, makes? Oh, a lot. And I, I, I didn't pay a lot of it, too. I feel really bad. <laughs> I owe people money from that. Always be double or nothing. No double or nothing again. That's on, on you, like when you're skating? You're like, I'm going to make this or I owe you money? Yeah, so I would do that just to, like, force myself to commit. Yeah. It'd be like 20 bucks, but then I wouldn't, you know, it would turn into, like, double or nothing, only this try. And then next thing I know, I'm at, like, 200 bucks. And then next thing you know, it's not even realistic. <laughs> So, 10 grand yeah it would always be like dude i owe you like thousands how about we call it i buy you beer and you know is that cool <laughs> yeah that's how it would, would go that's another like filmer skater relationship like you were saying it was kind of shockers and jimmy knowing like yeah yeah you're full of shit whatever right like this is part of the process it's not real like I, not I don't have any money i can't <laughs> afford to pay you 10 grand important yeah. and try you know, I'd be like, I'll buy you dinner. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Hey, can I take a quick little piss break? I'll be right back. Yeah. Give me one sec. Hey, it's Corey at Blue Plate, 3218 Mission Street. Come see us. Meatloaf, fried chicken, deviled eggs, Dollar Olympia beers. We're here every day of the week. We got a garden and we got smiles on our faces. Come let us make you happy. And now, another first impression with ernie torres what's up i'm ernie torres i'm here to talk about when i met jt Oltz. so the first time i met jt Oltz, he was on a real trip that happened to be in my hometown and 
when I met him, I was like, oh, this dude's cool. And like, you know, everybody on the team is usually pretty cool. It's like the flow kids or the dudes showing them around, whatever. Me, flow kid. And uh, I'm just like getting to know him throughout the trip. I was like, I was like, oh, this dude's like just nice by nature. He's kind of nice to everybody, like kind of that kind of dude. And not everybody's like that. Not saying the real dudes aren't nice, because they are. Uh, after like we skated a little bit and a couple months go by, he like invites me to come stay at his place in Southern California. And I stayed there like longer than I thought I would. And he was just like so cool taking me under his wing, taking me skating every day, showing me all the spots, showing me like all his like favorite like food spots and just, just being like the raddest dude. But I will say one negative thing about him is he introduced, he cursed me actually with being OCD in skateboarding because I used to like not think of anything like that and just like let's go and that M effort introduced me to that and because he's crazy about it he's like volume on the stereo can't be like on an odd number it has to be even numbers little, little things like that but he's funny but he he definitely cursed me with that and I always give him shit about that but you know that's been like about like 15 to like 17 years worth of me dealing with OCD because of him. So come to think of it, I should beat his ass for that at least one time. But other than that, I really do love JT and his family and he's just the raddest dude for real. We'll fuck up your spots. Still holding it down, down south. He's the fucking man. doing we're doing all right this isn't too bad right no it's uh, yeah it's mellow that was mellow yeah the money thing about the uh bets and stuff it, it, it we i i know you've probably talked this to death but a little bit about ocd might be cool to like explain like that whole thing and uh where you're at with it today like have you seen it an improvement or is it kind of just something out like how's it been i'm today like it was pretty much tethered with skateboarding with me and, and now you know a little bit i think it's high stress situations for me so with skating i would you know you're you're stressed you're trying something scary and i would always it was almost like i'm doing all this weird shit to get my mind off of the thinking anything that could possibly go wrong right and to like force myself to to push myself a little harder you know like with the bets especially with that it's like i need to 
I need to put myself in a situation where I have to try this or whatever. And, and then it got, it got to a bad point. It, at some point it was like, I couldn't go on try six, I had to go on seven. If I rolled up another time, then I had, had to roll up two more times like that. Oh. And Morford was like, it, it's getting worse. He kind of called me on it. And I was like, dude, he's, he's right. <laughs> um, so I always, even after I got better with it, it was still there, but I, I kind of came to a real, realization, like I can't control everything, you know, but, but now I don't skate, you know, I skate my flat bar and the bowl at my outside of my work and I'm not trying anything hard. So <laughs> it's, it kind of, it goes with that, you know, so I don't have the ticks I used to have right. at all with skating any, anymore, but, but sometimes like when I drive, I'll do certain things like, like blinker up and down. Like it's like, it's, it's weird. It's like an itch. Like I, I can't, is it something that like you don't consciously do and then when you're doing it you notice it and go oh whoa i'm doing it yeah kind of yeah and uh-huh. it's not a whole lot of things it's just like for some reason when i'm driving i do these you know certain things like if i typically take a make a right turn i'll turn the blinker on right and turn on left and then back to right it's almost like i need it to be an odd number and it's it doesn't make sense i'm not you know i it's i identify like this means nothing <laughs> yeah. why it's like i just have to itch it's your rhythm huh yeah. have but you ever been with like a new filmer photographer and they're like i can't handle this or something like no you know i was pretty good like about when when someone i didn't know i forced myself to hide it oh until like i felt comfortable maybe okay so gabe happy. saw the worst of it gabe saw the worst for sure <laughs> for sure because i was really comfortable shooting with gabe and i shot sure. with him so over the years he watched it build right and um and then ed ed saw the worst of it too oh right dominic um and shakas and jimmy of course but but with new i never really had the only time i had any kind of weirdness was i was on a traffic trip in atlanta and i was trying to cougar grind this rail it was like a gold rail like double double rail outside of a building it was really short run up and it was really windy so there was like a lot of elements that like to deal with deal with at the time and i was like filming with this guy frankie from 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 philly and he was super cool and and um we we're kind of in you know i was like i got this try with him you know and i was like i'll get uh, 20 bucks kind of thing and he was like hell yeah you know really positive so i was really they started trying it and then or no i didn't even start trying yet and bobby pulio was there and he like came up and was like dude you don't have to do this and like, I was like, what, what, what? And it kind of took me out of it. And I was like, I, I know I don't have to do this. I want to do this. Like, <laughs> I've been wanting to do this since the last time I was here. Yeah. It, it, it was, that was only he, kind of like vibey and weirdness I got. Like, oh, I, this, I'm obviously bumming this guy out, but he wasn't skating. So I don't know why I was bumming him out, but whatever. I, okay. it ended up working out. We got the trick and all that. <laughs> and then, and then we went to another spot. And, but that was the only time I ever, it never affected someone else. And you know, I don't want to bump people out, but at the same time, I was like, you're not skating. So yeah, skating, I would definitely not be doing this because I, I could, I'm like aware enough to not try to bring my bullshit <laughs> into somebody else's. I remember Lee Yankow had some, like some interesting when he was trying something, he would go through kind of like his own madness too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was, uh, I always am just like, dude, the whole thing's an adventure. Everything's yeah. like, I'm just enjoying it. Every It's everyone's personality. It's just like, it kind of, you know, 
whatever. If you if everything was exactly the same, that, that would not be skateboarding for me. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's got their things, you know, I think. Yeah. Even even people that don't really have it, you can still kind of see like one little thing they do, you know. Yeah. Like Corey always would skip the last step when he walked. Oh, up. really? And I called him because, you know, I could spot that, you know. And I said something to him. He's like, yeah, I don't know why I do that. It's just, I, it's good luck. And I'm like, well, that's what it is, you know. But yeah, you know, everyone, you know, there's a big scale, but. Right. You know, you, I don't know. Yeah, Felper, um, he, he seemed like the invincible dude that like in the middle of a war in Afghanistan, that's where he wanted to go to skate, you know, that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But he, his thing was he had to get to the airport like a day before the flight. Like we would go so fucking early. I would just be like, dude, are you, the flight's not for 10 hours yeah, exactly. and, and it's, like and it's not yeah. international. It's domestic. <laughs> like what we're the fine. fuck? We got this. Yeah. And it was just like, okay, now we're here. Now what do we do? I would yeah. always be like, you're hurrying up to wait. It's killing hour, me. Yeah. You're <laughs> a stop sign. Yeah. So I get it. Uh, are you into sports? Yeah, I am. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you're football, baseball, both? Football baseball, yeah. Padres yeah. are doing pretty good. Dude, Tatis. Tatis, is insane. Tatis Machado's, the whole team, yeah. Hosmer now and four grand slams in a row. Well, last night they didn't get that, but they beat the Astros, which was cool. And Yeah, yeah. I'm, an, I'm, I'm kind of a, a jock. Do you go to games? Like not this year, obviously, but yeah, I would go when obviously not this year, but I'd always try to go to a couple games. Okay, dude, I live like two blocks from the where the Giants play, <clears throat> and I've been uh, since the COVID happened. I've been like waking up super early and going on walks because uh, I just need to get outside. But I'm taking the shit pretty seriously. Like I, I believe that this is a real thing, like opposed to some people don't think it's real, I guess, but like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just been like wearing a mask and staying indoors a lot. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I've been going on walks. I go around the ballpark cause it's right here and I'll mm-hmm. see the players sometimes coming in and out of there and stuff. It's so crazy. We have a, we have the fans, cardboard cutouts in I the stands. I watch the, uh, the games and i watch the giants we have the fans too then we have like dogs because it's petco park so they'll put a dog in the fan first like or, a cardboard cut out of a dog, dog yeah but i uh, love it like it i mean it's corny and it's whatever but it looks way better than an empty stadium i thought it was going to be weird but as soon as the game starts you're not even thinking of that you know yeah the crowd noise works I mean, at least from like a perspective of a fan it, yeah it makes you forget do you think about like I'm I'm watching all the games pretty much and I'm wondering like in my mind I'm like is this how good everybody is like is this a normal season or next year when every if everything goes back to normal does everybody play differently like is this affecting how people are playing I feel like it's with the 60 games maybe people you know it's kind yeah. of a sense of urgency you know it's not as much of a grind maybe Right. So, I, mean, I don't know. I'm not a baseball player. But you have to think like it's you know a bad run will possibly take you out of the playoff hunt. Yeah. So, so. Well, I I mean I'm what is it? Guilty pleasure. I got to say that like when baseball started playing, my depression got less. Like I was kind of fucked for a while when this co like we were in lockdown like. 
could nothing was open. We couldn't leave the house. I live in a one bedroom apartment, no yard. And I'm just like, what the fuck? And I just moved in with my fiance. And like, so we're kind of like still acclimating to that and also still moving in my stuff and making it ours instead of hers. So it's been like pretty challenging with all that going on. And then like baseball started and I was like, okay, I think I'm okay now. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's definitely something to look forward to. Like I, you know, yeah. And it's funny because we grew up like on anti-jock mentality where skateboarders, all that stuff. So it is kind of one of those things that maybe I'm not super proud of, but like, I just feel like I'm a fan and I'm not like a jock still. Like I, I just like the game, but it's not like I'm going to be like the high school jock mentality. I think those are two different things. Yeah. I always felt weird about it because my, my dad's really into sports. So he, he had always, regardless if I, you know, wanted to hear it or not, he's going to talk to me about the Astro. He's from Houston. So he, he uh, we talked about the Rockets and Astros and, Oilers at the time they switched and now the Texans. So he would always just talk anyways. And I always, you know, like the Chargers and the Padres, but when I was younger and skating, it was kind of like, no, like opposite of that. Fuck that. Right. When I got a little older. I was like, I, I, I do, you know, I like yeah. watching with my dad and stuff. And, and yeah, I just, fan of the game. Did it. it crush the community when the Chargers moved to LA or are they still like not close enough for fans or how's that working? Yeah, it, it, nobody's. I thought maybe there'd be like half and half, but there's not really any. Fuck any, the Chargers. Fuck the Chargers. It was the way they left too. The owner, um, just the way they handled it, and and just turned their they they fight for LA. They didn't try to like retain any fans from San Diego. They their marketing was like we're fighting for LA. It's all LA, LA, and it's like. You guys could have probably kept some of your fans, but now no. Everyone, it's weird. They're sharing a stadium with the Rams, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's just so weird. Yeah. So who do you do you do you have do you root for anyone then? Arizona or the Rams or like Niners? We go in Niners? Nah. <laughs> I uh <laughs> I definitely root for him in the Super Bowl because I don't like the Chiefs very much, but Yeah. Um, yeah, I I was following the Chargers cuz it's like I'm not going to I don't I'm not just going to pick a team out of a hat. And then a little bit the Texans for my dad. Oh, but okay. Bill Rivers the quarterback that I, I, I you know we watched down here for the last 17 years. He went to the Colts, so this year I'm going to be a Colts fan for a year just to oh. watch him play. But yeah, Sick. it's not the same. Yeah, I'm I'm less football. I love baseballs for sure. The one that I love the everyday part of it. It it just feels like life, where it's like win or lose. Tomorrow's another game. Mm-hmm. So it's like good or bad day. Tomorrow's a, a new day. Like I always feel like there's some analogies that kind of parallel like your life the our announcers are the best in the business and they always talk about things that are like kind of you can take into your life like it's not just about baseball it's just like a way of living and stuff that like i don't know it's like ways of looking at things positive um we got to talk about slappy's garage is that your local shop uh no it's not local to me it's it's pretty far away it's in downtown and but it's a my favorite shop because it's Jason Carney, like we, you were talking about earlier. He, he started that shop. He started yeah. in Ramona. He's got it, two locations, or he closed the room, the the other one. He got in. He has two locations, but the first location he closed a while ago to move it to to um, San Diego, and then he opened another shop up. It's a, it's an awesome store. Rad, yeah. They just uh, 
picked up some uh, Talking Schmidt merchandise, actually. Oh, nice. So down in the San Diego area, if you need some uh, shirts or a beanie, you just walk right into Slappy's garage and say, Schmidt, he sent you. Yeah, I got I to gotta get in there. He keeps sending me up like, when are you coming by? Because I drive by on my way back from, from Mexico every day. So I'm like, I got to. Oh, you go to Mexico? At the Yeah, I, I work. So the factory I work at is is in Tijuana. So, uh, is that with Paul Schmidt? No, it's different. It's bear, BBS or bareback. It was called before, but uh, oh, it is bear. Okay, just damn. Deep. You got to go in and out of the uh, border patrol every day. Yeah, yeah. Is so, that a bitch, or do you like get a frequent flyer or something that makes it easier? <laughs> yeah, there's a sentry is basically like a trusted traveler. Oh, part. really? So if you have no, you know, prior warrant or uh, you know, if you're not a criminal. For a, a these car. are my amigos don't worry we're going in you know i have line and then coming back you got possibly a line if you didn't have the century it would be two hours sometimes you know but with with the century it's five minutes no and way you know, oh, okay three minutes but it's not it's like crossing a bridge yeah it'd be really hard the first eight months i worked there i, I was implying for the century and i had to sit in the lines every day and it, it was really bad because I started in the summertime too, and the lines are worse in the summer, so it was like two-hour waits. Oh my god! Yeah, I've never done that. I've never even driven into Mexico before. It's it's pretty seamless going in and then coming back. You just, you know, if you don't, you know, if you're going off your passport or a ready link car, if you, if you don't have the century, you just sit in a long line. Basically. What's what's TJ like in 2020? It's it's pretty similar with the lockdown situation to, to California right now, you know, um, oh. you know, they're taking it serious. Yeah. Yeah. They got a lot of cases and all that. So they, they're still, still about as locked down as we are in San Diego. I feel like, you know, they just opened their beaches there and stuff. It's weird. I didn't get the memo, but apparently beaches, there's no way to get the COVID because there's like a million people at every beach and they're all like just, flocking around with no mass or anything like there's no problem i'm like i didn't get that email nobody told me uh, yeah sometimes it's inconsistent you know or i mean it feels like these days you just don't know i don't know yeah but i'm i just can't wait till everyone proves me wrong like i don't care like good but right now i don't want to kill my mom like you know what i mean like yeah. that two percent chance or whatever it is it's not worth the risk for me i just like no nah, i'm good yeah you gotta stay safe uh have you ever listened to this podcast before yeah yeah what do you think about this idea i'm thinking about starting my own little uh whack pack like howard stern has uh-huh. so i want to i want to send out uh an invite to all ladies any female out there i want you to be my marianne of brooklyn which is an energetic girl that calls it on the show each week and has her little segment like, Schmitty, wah, wah, wah. Congratulations, Howard! Howard comes again. All I need, I'm here live for you, Howard. Yes. We waited all Marianne is in the studio. Oh, yeah, you could be Barbara from Daily City or whatever you are. Like, 
uh, hit me up. You know how to get a hold of me. Email, DM, text, phone call, or whatever. Uh, let's get this started because we got McKenny as my original. He's number one. He's my number one uh, whack packer. Fuck are they, dude? I need I need my talking Schmidt, man. And then uh, I want to build. I want to get some fucking, <laughs> you know, the, the what was it, Hank the Angry Dwarf and all this dude's <laughs> fucking Beetlejuice. And, yeah, yeah I, I think that'd be fun. Uh all right, we're kind of winding down. I got to ask you a couple of Ed Dominic questions. He said uh, to talk to you about your lyrical change to the Brian Adams hit song "Summer of '69." Oh yeah, I, yeah, that's funny. Uh, I don't want to say. That one is uh, not uh, twenty twenty. Um, you know, compliant Ed. Yeah, we're under a different time now where people actually get fired for saying the wrong word. So uh, <laughs> yeah. we're going to skip that one. There was nothing bad in it. It was just like stupid, basically. So. Yeah. <laughs> did you see, speaking of this, um, did you see the, uh, what was it? Cincinnati Reds announcer? He was on air and he said like, Some, this shit, but he didn't know he was on air apparently. Yeah, and then it went out on Twitter and he basically apologized and walked out in the middle of the game and was like, I'm probably done. Yeah, I heard. So I didn't hear the, the what he said. He but, said Kansas City is the capital of uh, oh homophobic uh, yeah, yeah, slur yeah, that starts with an F. I don't even know if I can say it, but yeah, but no, like, yeah, so it was crazy. Listen to the audio. Reds in front of the Royals. We go to the top half of the fifth inning. Castellanos to lead things off. Jim Day's going to be taking us the rest of the way through this game. As Holland takes over on the mound. Um, I made a comment earlier tonight that uh, I guess uh, went out over the air that I am deeply ashamed of. Um, if I have hurt anyone out there, I can't tell you how much I say from the bottom of my heart, I'm so very, very sorry. I pride myself and think of myself as a, a man of faith. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. And so that'll make it a 4 nothing ball game. I don't know if I'm going to be putting on this headset again. I don't know if it's going to be for the Reds. I don't know if it's going to be for my bosses at Fox. I want to apologize for the people who signed my paycheck for the Reds, for Fox Sports Ohio for the people I work with, for anybody that I've offended here tonight. I can't begin to tell you how deeply sorry I am. That is not who I am uh, and never has been. And I'd like to think maybe I could have some people that, uh, that could back that up. I am very, very sorry, and I beg for your forgiveness. Jim Dale will take you the rest of the way home. He was giving an apology and then during the home run. And as he was like apologizing, he went in a home run to left. <laughs> it was like, like his tone didn't change. It was really weird. Dude. Uh, what's up with Kokomo by the Beach Boys? Is that the best song ever written? Oh, could Corey tell you that? Or did Ed? <laughs> I think Ed. Uh, no, I used to always play that song. Everyone's like, dude, you, you're like way too into the song. It's like a good song, man. The Beach Boys rule. There was a later one too, but <laughs> I don't know. That's right. Either Corey or Ed, I knew, probably said that because they would get all pissed off when they play that. Yeah. Then um, the head injury. 
That was scary as shit. I remember getting the call. Uh, it might have been Corey, actually, um, telling me, like, dude, how you feel now? Like, are you still not able to smell? Yeah, I can't. That's the, you know, the side effect now that the only one that I really feel is that I can't smell. I mean, I anything. Be, no, nothing. It's pretty common with head injuries, too. Even mild head injuries, you could mess your sense of smell up pretty easy. Right. I found that out later. You know, I didn't, I didn't know, but. But yeah, it was, um, you get migraines. No, no, luckily I don't, I don't have any, I did at the beginning. It was really bad and I couldn't see or anything like that. So it was scary because the doctors don't tell you anything either because they don't know, you know, they, uh, they don't know how you're going to recover. So what happened? You, you were trying to rail and you got pitched or. Yeah, I was trying to, to front board this. It was like a triple kinker and. I stuck on it and it was weird because I, cause Corey was skating with me and he went to go board site and stuck, but he was board siding, So he got pitched like frontwards. It was right, right at the beginning of the session. And he's like, it's real sticky. I'm not, I don't want to skate this. I'm like, it's not sticky. And I had already gotten to the end a couple times. So I was like, well, I'm going to try to front board it. And, and, um, I, I overcommitted because I, cause I, got, I wanted to get, you know, leverage to get through the kinks and I got pitched backwards. And I, I, I remember, trying not to sack the rail. So I tried to jump off the rail to jump and clear, clear the stairs, but I accidentally propelled myself backwards. And then that's all I really remember. And then I got up and everyone was around me and I thought I did something to my spine or something. Cause I was like, it was, you know, I knew I landed pretty far backwards, but it was just my head. Well, not just my head, then it was my head. So I got airlifted to the, it was in Las Vegas and I got right. in the hospital and, it induced me into a coma because the swelling was pretty bad or really bad. And, and luckily they didn't have to drill or anything to relieve pressure. Cause I would be probably wouldn't be talking to you right now the same. Mm-hmm. So I got really lucky with, with a lot of things. And, uh, going back to Shakas with his head injury, I remember being like, Oh, he'll be fine. You know, like, cause I had the same thing and you know, he probably just had swelling like I did. And I was in South Africa at the time. I remember thinking like, Oh, he'll, He's just, they just got to clean down the swelling. And then I turned my phone off and it was, you know, that flight's like 18 hours. So I turned my phone back on and I got all these messages. You know, I knew right then I was like, well, you know, Damn. Like, the airports are crying. Like, you know, it makes me think back to like a fortunate and, you know, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. Damn. Damn, that's heavy. It sucks to be away too like your your mind races to like i don't know what would i have been there with him or these different yeah. things like i i remember when preston died you know it was under some really bad circumstances and everyone's first re- thing is like that you know kind of like well if i was there or like yeah. and it's just like you can't do that to yourself it's not yeah, fair. you go well he went to the ob park at like nine and it was you know i think this like you know the there's condensation on the ground. He probably slipped out. And, you know, if on a normal day, if we were all there, he, he would have waited till later and we might not even got, you know, you, but you can't, like you said, you can't. Yeah. You can't do that. Uh, I, yeah. God damn it. So yeah. did that affect you? Um, your skating, did it make it like, is it hard to like try something after that? That's like extra, you know, you're the same gnarly uh, stuff that you would do. Did it decrease just because like you got hurt really bad or? No, at the first it was hard to, like, I thought 
I thought like my neck wasn't going to hold the, like, you know, it took like f- falling a few times, not even on anything big to be like, Oh, I'm not broken. I'm okay. And I right. slowly started skating. And then I actually jumped into jumping down like rails and stuff like probably way too quick because I was, I, I, I think I went, I remember going, I met up shortly after with Rhino and we went to some rail and he was like, I remember him like kind of saying something. Or I, I felt maybe it was all in my head. I felt like, like, Oh, like you're like sensitive or like you could like, take it easy. And I was like, fuck that. And I started like skating the rail and I was almost like ego. Like I want to prove a point. Fuck that. Like people were acting like I'm broken kind of. So no, it didn't affect me. It went the other way, but it, I, sh- I probably should have affected me because that's just stupid. You know, <laughs> you could go one of two ways. You're either going to just force yourself to be like, this is not, it's like, I hate to use baseball consistently, but like the baseball analogy is somebody throws a pitch inside on you and you're brushed back. Are you going to be scared the next pitch and pull away? Or are you going to hold yourself and take one if it comes inside just to like mentally you have to like go one way or the other? Yeah. Yeah. So I I felt that and went maybe too hard the other way. Like looking back hindsight, it's, that's nothing to mess with, you know? Right. But, But Um, yeah so what's going on these days um well i saw on the website you're on real forever (laughs) that's yeah i say i went i went to the website not that long ago made me feel so cool when i I was like they still got me on there that's cool yeah Um, it's like you massimo uh james hardy raymond detta ernie yeah that's cool to see that you know makes you so does that mean you get free gear for life I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, luckily, I work at the, the, the manufacturing, so I could just you know I get the lot of time. <laughs> you so, get it before they do. Yeah. Are you still skate? Are you skating a bunch? Or you you have kids, right? Yeah, I have three kids. Three. So, yeah, three kids. I skate. I skate with them a little bit, you know. And then at the factory, we got a bowl and a flat bar and a little manual pad, and so we got like basically a little skate park there. So Bad. I try to get out. There's a couple guys I work with that, that skate too. So we got a little crew there. We try to get out on breaks to skate. Mm-hmm. Really. Do you ever see any of the dudes like Ernie or any of those guys? Yeah, Ernie came Damien. down. Damien's here right now at my house. No I'm way. Out, I'm actually using his computer. Oh, sick. <laughs> that, that didn't work. Tell him I said what up. I, he was well, living in SF for a while. Yeah, he's he was there and then la he just got off the fish boat because he goes and fishes in alaska every oh, year shit. So he goes on with Bering that's sea. gnarly gnarly yeah i don't think i could do that one i couldn't do it he just got back from there and wanted to get some dental work done done oh, okay so he i took him down right he's i think he's gonna go back up to la pretty soon and possibly new york but oh, okay he's doing so i i damien i you know hang out with quite a bit when he's in town uh-huh. Ernie skated with a couple of weeks ago he came down to San Diego and we skated and then Massimo you know I still keep you know I try to keep in touch with everybody but you know with the kids and then skate you know working all the time it's it's hard to get out to right. a skate session you know I'm, I'm you know if I get out it's at the skate park for an hour you know to okay yeah to make sure to, I drive around and look at things because I'm like I don't got a whole lot of time so I want to I want to be skating the whole time so yeah gotta keep it in skate parks. It's interesting. Gabe moved down to L.A. I'm I'm curious to 
I know there's tons of skaters down there and stuff, but just being a NorCal guy living in LA, I wonder how that's going for him. I wonder too. I, when I found that out, I was like, that was the last person I thought would ever move out of. Yeah, I kind of did too. But to be honest, I talked to him not too long after and he seemed stoked. Like he was like, I'm ready for this. And he seemed like hyped, but, uh, it's kind of his demeanor anyway. Like just like make the best of everything. Um, But yeah, I wonder after a while, I know a lot of people have, there's a lot of transplants there, like hammockies and Burbank and mazes there. There's a lot of people. So there's a good crew of skaters there too. I mean, there's a ton of, you know, yeah, a good spot. All right. Uh, We're going to end it with the get rich quick idea of the day. Get rich quick. Yeah. Yeah. How are we going to get, how are we going to fucking get rich quick? I don't know. Is that an Edwin too? <laughs> yeah. I used to always talk that about that. I don't, I've, I've given up on the get rich quick. It's really hard work's a better idea. <laughs> I want to be my own boss. I want to figure this out. We got to, um, I don't know. We got to be the next big thing. Like, dude, cause like Instagram and all that shit, it's, it's kind of wearing on everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody's just sitting here waiting for our idea to pop out <laughs> and then it's going to fucking go nuts. So we yeah. just got to figure it out, put yeah. it out there and then we'll kick back and make boatloads of cash. <laughs> that would be, yeah. That'd be awesome. We got to end with a song. You got a song you want to fucking throw out there? Well, for- we got to go with Kokomo, I guess, cause that came up. <laughs> All right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, Dude, thanks so much for uh, catching up. It's good to see you. Good to see you. Uh, if any of this stuff, I don't know. I don't know if there's light at the end of the tunnel, but uh, once we get out of the tunnel, I think my first trip is going to be to Jehovah. So maybe we can meet up. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Try to get him to come down. If I mean, if if we could get there, he's he's been doing all that woodworking stuff, you know. With- Dude, it's amazing his shit. Like he's got those cutting boards that are like. He sent me an early one that's like a, a shaped board, but yeah. now he makes oh. ones that look kind of like chess boards or something, but they're all intricate. Everything that dude does has always been super intricate and like really cool. So I'm stoked to see that he's doing that stuff. I've been trying to get him to come down to the factory because, you know, I think he'd appreciate all the, all the machines and the woodworking we do. So if, oh. you guys ever get, if you ever get down, maybe we could do a trip. Yeah, I'm down. Cause I'd like, I've never been to TJ. Yeah. And the, the, DJ's off is awesome in the in the factory just to see the process of how the skateboards are made, like start to finish is really cool. And I mean anyone that skates would totally appreciate it. It's All right. Cool. Th- can we make can we do a talking schmidt um deck? <laughs> yeah, we could do a talking schmidt deck. We we should do it. We should get it going though. For sure. I would love to. That'd be fun. Yeah, um, I've been fun. doing just random stuff. Like me and Pastorus just made like a t-shirt together. And like I've been doing stuff like that. And like people seem stoked on it. Like just to make small limited runs and then you're done. So it's like kind of adds value. And mm-hmm. you're not like making like a warehouse worth where you have to figure out storage yeah. or anything. It's but just it's like- just been a fun little side project that's helped me kind of stay positive through these crazy times man the fires yeah. and the covid together is just yeah. like a lot yeah this year has been insane yeah we're we're ready for 2021 yeah, yeah for sure hey we're getting i'm getting married next year oh congratulations yeah you got any advice um I, yeah i don't know uh what do you think small or big wedding small wedding i would say yeah 
more That's intimate cool. so you can spend time with the the most important people yeah I would, yeah did your wedding seem like it went by pretty fast yeah i didn't remember it yeah i didn't remember that's any what of. everyone tells me and so under these circumstances like the places we've been going they're like i think a lot of them are like maximum is 10 oh dang yeah yes. so yeah. we're kind of forced to have a small <laughs> wedding and then maybe later we'll renew our vows and have a party once the coast yeah, is clear yeah yeah that's a good idea so all right, dude, Kokomo Joe, here we go. <laughs> Thanks, JT. I appreciate well, thank you. you. Thanks. Take care. Stay safe. Later. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Schmidt. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. When you subscribe, you'll get notifications every Tuesday of new episodes the minute they become available. Also, please leave reviews and a five-star rating. It's the best way to help the show grow. All of the episodes will always remain free, but if you would like to help support the show, you can do so at TalkingSchmidt.com, where you can pick up some merchandise like t-shirts, beanies, hats, and stickers. The website has an entire archive of all of the episodes, with extra photos and videos. Email us with any suggestions, comments, or ways that the show may have improved your life at TalkingSchmidt at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by Schmitty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature. A very special shout-out goes to the executive director, Cheryl Camisa. This is Talking Schmidt, where the Rolodex is deep, but the conversation is deeper.